0: Welcome to Prima's podcast. My name is Shonda Ragland. I manage the education and training programs at the Public Risk Management Association. Today, Melanie Bennett will discuss the Zika virus. Melanie Bennett joined United Educators, UE, in 2014 as an assistant risk analyst in the risk management department. She serves as the subject matter expert for the update of UE's Protecting Children Learning Program. In her role, Melanie has conducted studies on UE's educator sexual misconduct and Greek organization claims. She also wrote several publications for UE's Title IX and Beyond series, including Investigations, Interim, Measures, Remedies, and Sanctions, and the Adjudicatory Process. Prior to joining UE, Melanie coordinated the Excellence in State Public Health Law Program at the Aspen Institute. She also served as a law clerk for a special education law office. During law school, Melanie interned multiple times with the U.S. Department of Education Office for Civil Rights. Before attending law school, she worked on Title IX issues in the advocacy department of the Women's Sports Foundation. Melanie received her law degree from American University Washington College of Law and a bachelor's degree in political science from Washington University in St. Louis. We will also be joined by Danica Williams, a member of Prima's education and training team. Danika will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the show.
1: Melanie, what are the major concerns associated with the current Zika virus outbreak?
2: Because Zika is spread by mosquitoes, it's spreading very quickly between countries and even continents. And at this point, there is no vaccine for the Zika virus. However, there is a bit of good news. Zika on its own presents very mild symptoms, red eyes, fever, joint pain, and rash. And it typically only stays in bloodstreams for about a week. The major concern associated with this outbreak is that both the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization have identified a potential link between the Zika virus and microcephaly. And microcephaly is a much more dangerous disease that can prevent horrible birth defects. So that's the big concern with this outbreak. Okay, so
1: why might schools and institutions be concerned about the Zika virus?
2: Both K-12 schools and higher education institutions frequently have abroad trips to international locations. And so, for instance, they may have spring breaks, summer breaks, study abroad or even trips to the Olympics going to these locales that have the Zika virus. On top of that, some institutions are in mosquito-prone locations and so they are concerned that they may get Zika on their campus. So should schools be canceling
1: their trips to locations with Zika?
2: The CDC has issued level 2 travel alerts for countries with the current Zika outbreak And what that means is they're recommending pregnant women cancel their travel plans to those locations, but everybody else just take preventive measures when they're in those locations. United Educators has taken a slightly different tack because we're advising schools and institutions. So we're advising those schools to consider canceling or postponing their trips. And there are a few reasons for that. Uh, The Zika virus, spreads very easily and there's no vaccine. The preventive instructions may be more difficult for younger people or adults with less oversight to adhere to. Younger travelers may be less likely to know if they're pregnant. And finally, the potential for bringing the virus back to campus and spreading it through mosquitoes or sexual contact makes it a bit more of an issue for campuses to be concerned with. And because of that, some schools and districts have already canceled their spring break trips. If schools and institutions choose to not cancel their trips, then we'd recommend using a waiver or assumption of risk form for the people who are traveling and also considering making that travel optional for employees and students.
0: We hope you found the information you've heard so far useful. I would like to take a moment and invite you to Prima's 2016 annual conference, June 5th through 8th, in Atlanta, Georgia. Here are some words from Prima's president, Dean Kogenauer, regarding why he values Prima's annual conference.
2: No one does it better than Prima National. Sessions are specifically focused on those issues that we face every day. I always walk away at the end of the conference learning something feeling re-energized and ready to re-engage when I get back home. And that's the power of Prima National.
0: To learn more about the annual conference, visit primacentral.org. Now back to Melanie and Danica.
1: Melanie, you mentioned using a waiver or an assumption of risk form. Should those waivers for travel to countries with Zika include any specific language?
2: We recommend that all waivers be specific to the activity and to the associated risk. So in this case, it should include an acknowledgement that the signer received information about Zika from a trusted health organization like the CDC. It should also include detailed information about the locations or activities that may place the individual at risk of contracting Zika. It should also list any known health conditions associated with Zika and an acknowledgement that the signer understands and is assuming the risks associated with Zika. And we always advise that institutions consult local legal counsel when drafting risk transfer documents like waivers.
1: Okay. Is Zika virus in the
2: U.S.? Yes. Zika is currently in the United States. There have been over 250 cases within the states and all of these have come from people traveling internationally. So, none of these cases were acquired within the United States. However, when we're talking about the U.S. territories, it's a different story. The territories have also had over 250 cases of Zika and nearly all of those were acquired within the territories and not through travel.
1: Now, Melanie, is there a risk of person-to-person transmission from the confirmed 250 cases in the U.S.?
2: Yes, there is risk of person-to-person transmission through sexual contact. There's also risk of person-to-mosquito-to-person transmission if a mosquito bites somebody who has the Zika virus and then bites somebody else. Should schools and
1: institutions take preventive measures on their campuses?
2: Yes, schools should take preventive measures especially if they're in mosquito-prone locations. And the CDC actually provides these preventive measures. They recommend that campuses eliminate any standing water on campus, repair cracked septic tanks or pipes, and keep mosquitoes out of buildings. And schools can keep mosquitoes out by making sure doors and windows are closed or that there's netting or screens to prevent mosquitoes from coming inside. So the big picture is eliminate water that should not be standing on campus and keep mosquitoes outside. On top of that, the CDC has preventive measures for individuals who are on campuses with a lot of mosquitoes that schools may want to distribute through a campus alert. And these measures are to make sure that you are covered in insect repellent when you're outside use condoms for sexual contact, and if you experience any of the Zika symptoms, contact a doctor.
1: In closing, what resources would you recommend to schools?
2: The CDC has an excellent website full of travel advisories, resources, and information on the current Zika outbreak that I highly recommend. That's available at www.cdc.gov backslash Zika. The World Health Organization also has a number of very helpful resources, and you can find their Zika pages by Googling World Health Organization Zika. And finally, the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota has a great website that's compiling up-to-the-minute news articles and resources, and that's available at www. CIDRAP.UMN.EDU or E-D-U. Thank you
0: so much, Melanie. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Melanie and Danica. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own PrimaTalk. Have a wonderful day.